hope you're well and continuing to enjoy the goodness of God as he has promised in the land of the living. This morning I want to start a little series and this first uh, section of the series is titled Just Like Us. And these are reflections in scripture of my own journey as I've been thinking about some of the lessons that God wants me to learn through this time. So these are just think of them as sharings of my story, of my journey and the things that God is speaking to me uh, at this time. But I think also they might be useful and uh, helpful for you. You know, a question that I've been asking myself is, what are the lessons that we can take away from this season? What are the ways of God that I need to understand, that I need to ensure that I'm implementing them in my life? And those are the questions that I'm thinking of because there's so much to learn. This is a peculiar season. This is a challenging season. This is a season that nobody is familiar with because it's the first time we face globally such a time as this. So what can we take away? What are God, some of God's ways that we can get hold of? For we are told in Psalm 103 verse 7 and 8 that God made his ways known to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Three things that Moses learned, that God is merciful, that God is gracious, that he is slow to anger and, and, and as a result of that he shows his steadfast love. Those are the ways that God made known to Moses. But it's also very important to realize that these are ways that are made known to us. These are not ways that can be investigated. These are not ways that we can figure out with our intellect alone. No, but by revelation, we can understand these ways of God. We're told at the beginning of the Hebrews letter that God spoke to our forefathers in many different ways. But in these days, he has spoken to us by his son. That's how the writer communicates to the people he is writing to. For in scripture, through Jesus, we have, been made, we have known to us, we have been made known to us the ways of God. So as a framework for the lessons that we can take away from this season, I just wanted to uh, look at the life story of Elijah. I wanted to look at how we can learn from him because it is in this particular season of being locked in, which Elijah also faced. You will know as we, uh, as you, if you know the story of Elijah, he faced times where he was put away. He faced times when he was shut in. He faced times of insignificance or of obscurity. Because it seems to me through scripture that this is when God does some of his best work. Whether it is Noah shut up in that uh, ark, whether it is Moses 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, whether it's Joseph locked down into a prison, whether it's Gideon overnight in a lion's den. God is at work wherever we are and he is doing the same for us. So through Elijah's story, I want to use that as a framework. I want to use the story of Elijah and the life lessons that Elijah learned. And so uh, this morning I want to introduce some of those lessons broadly, but I want to introduce it from a verse in the New Testament. For we are given uh, this wonderful introduction in the New Testament of the story we will see from the Old Testament. In James chapter 5, we're given two examples. We're given the example of Job and we're told to persevere like Job. And then we're given the example of Elijah and we're told to pray like Elijah. Here's how James 5 verse 17 and 18 reads. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. 
and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. It's that first phrase of this, these verses that I want to focus on. Yes, James is writing to us to encourage us to pray. And, and we have been doing a lot of that in this season. Perhaps you have been seeing some amazing answers to prayer at this time. And you have been giving yourselves perhaps to much more prayer at this time as many people around the world are. And so there is definitely encouragement to pray in this portion of scripture. But it's the initial bit which I wanted to look at, where we're told that Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. A man just like us. And you might say, really? Like us? Because he was a mighty prophet. He had some amazing miracles in his life. And he had this incredible exit. How can he be considered to be a man like us? When we look at the story of Elijah, we will see that he was competitive, he got fearful, ran away, he was depressed, even suicidal, and self-pitying, just like us. Not just Elijah, but throughout Scripture, all of the people that are given to us in the narratives of Scripture are just like us. They are weak people. So Abraham lies, Abraham is fearful, Jacob Cheetah par excellence, it seems. Joseph had a little bit of arrogance about him that, that, that had to be sorted out. Moses took the matter into his own hands and thought he could get hold of deliverance for the people of God. David, well, you know what he did, how he went after that which wasn't his. Peter denied the Lord. Paul, great guy, but he was the one who fell out with Barnabas. All of the stories through scripture show us that these are people just like us. They're not strong and mighty, something like comic book heroes, story or from Justice League or, or, or all of these great um, comic book stories that come out. No, no, they're ordinary men. And scripture is very, very keen for us to understand that these, there is this similarity between their lives and our lives. And also that our lives can be encouraged by their lives. And I want us to be encouraged in four ways. Number one, we must see that these were a people who were a weak people, but they leaned into a mighty God. They were weak people, but they leaned into a mighty God. No wonder, therefore, when we turn to uh, the, the book of uh, the, the letter that Paul writes to uh, the Corinthians, he writes to them in, at the beginning of his letter, talking about weakness and leaning into God's strength. But he writes to them, pointing out to them, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God, but God. Yes, that's who we were. That's the weakness in our lives. But God. Weak people, but mighty God. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that no one may boast before him. God chooses the weak and shows himself strong on their behalf. And we need to learn 
as Elijah had to learn to accept weakness and to lean into God's strength. Second lesson that we can learn, which Elijah learned, was that he and we are welcomed as we are, welcomed as I am. That God never asks me to get sorted before he welcomes me. He welcomes me just as we are. That is the grace of God. So in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 to 10, we're told we're saved by grace, not by works. We're saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God. It's a gift of God freely given to us. And that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works so that no one might boast. God gives us his grace. God welcomes us. Just as that father in Jesus' story welcomed back the son who had gone away and sinned and done things that he shouldn't have done but came back to his mind and then turned back to his father. But even before he could apologize to his father, the father who saw him from far away went running to him, grabbed him, put a cloak over him, ring on his finger and said, this is my son, this is my beloved son who was lost. This is the one who I thought had died. But now he's found. Same way we are welcomed. We are welcomed by God. Elijah had to learn that and we have to learn that. Third lesson we have to learn and Elijah had to learn was that worth, personal worth, who we are, what, how we consider value, worth is built by love. It's built by love. It's built by the love that God has for us. So in First Peter, we're told about how we have not been bought with ordinary things. We have not been purchased and we have not been set free from our sins by ordinary things. But we're told in First Peter chapter 1, verse 18, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish. That is what gives us value, that we have been bought by Jesus Christ. And through his life, death and resurrection, we are given freely this gift of life. We are given this love and this love puts true worth on my life. I am valuable not because of what I do. I am valuable not because of what I will achieve. I am simply valuable because God loves me. Do you know that today? Do you know that God loves you simply because of His loving you? Not what you can do. At a time when we are locked in, at a time when we can't go out and get things done, when we are shut down, we have to learn that it is not our achievements. It is not our fruitfulness that causes God to put value upon us. No, it is that we are loved by God. And that is, the, that is what puts value upon our lives. Fourthly, and to just things as, as by way of introduction and by way of what are the things that Elijah had to learn. And we'll be digging into some of these uh, each each time we uh, get to sh uh, share these videos with you, we we want to see fourthly that we are workers. All all of us are welcomed. All of us are given worth built by love. We might be weak, but we are called to work. Using the analogy of a body in First Corinthians twelve verse twenty seven, we are told that we are the body of Christ. He's the head, 
but we are the body of Christ. And each one of us, whether it is the index finger or the or the little pinky finger or this little earlobe or this eyelash, this little eyelash here, we're all combined, we're all put together in this body and each part of this body has a work. It has a function. We are workers all. There are no spectators in God's kingdom. Every one of us has a role to play on God's mission. There are no spectators here. So I want to conclude by drawing our attention to what is, I think, wrongly called the chapter of the heroes of faith. Because in truth, in light of what we've just seen this morning, it should actually be called the people of faith. In fact, at the end of that chapter, there are a number of nameless people who are celebrated, who are honored, who are respected for some amazing things that they did. Their names are not there, but they are mentioned there. It is these people just like us, these ordinary people who were picked up by an extraordinary God, weak people, but with a mighty God who were welcomed by him, who were given worth by his love and who were called to work in his kingdom mandate. It is about these people that we read in Hebrews chapter 11. And it is about these people who are just like us, we are told at the beginning of chapter 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Friends, Elijah had to learn that. Elijah had to learn that he had to put aside weights. He had to put aside sin. He had to run this race with endurance. Elijah had to learn that God has a plan and God's plan doesn't work according to his preference and according to his intention. God's got a plan and God will work it out. God draw, drew him in. God draws us in. But God has a plan that he works out according to his ways and according to his timings. Elijah had to learn God's ways. We have to continue to learn God's ways. Let us never come to that point where we think, oh, I know it all. No, I know in this season... I've had so many of the ways that I've thought I had known, thought I had learned, being underlined, emphasized, being shown to me in fresh ways. These lessons I want to share with you through this series. But these lessons can only be implemented if we will take some action. This morning, I want to propose a simple set of actions. For in this portion of scripture that we conclude with, this Hebrews 12, we're given two let us, as it were, two calls to action. Number one, we're called to lay aside every weight and sin. What is the weight that you're carrying today? Is it the weight of your past? Is it the encumbrance of a failure? What is that weight that you're carrying? God calls you to lay it aside today. What sin has the Holy Spirit shown you in this season? What is the thing that you need to put aside Take time today to think about these things and to put them aside. That's the first let us. Let us lay aside every weight and sin. The second let us is to run with endurance, looking to Jesus. Today, my friend, 
make a commitment to run, not to go up, go back, not to give up, not to stop, but make a commitment to go forward. That is what God wants from us. We will learn more as we walk with Elijah, as we look at his story and as, as we look at his lessons. But these are God's ways to us. These are God's ways to Elijah. These are God's ways to everybody. He made known his, his ways to Moses. He made known his ways to Elijah. He made known his ways to many who have gone before us. And today also, God wants his ways be made known to us. Will you receive these ways? Will you, as, as we are told in Psalm uh, chapter 1, that there is the real fruitfulness that we can see is ensuring that we do not walk in the way of the sinner. That we ensure that we walk, that we do not walk in step with the wicked. Today, walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Walk in step with the ways of God. God bless you.